Hello everybody, my name is Mike Sternberg and today we will be taking a closer look at a section of Paul's second published letter to his friends in Corinth. But before we do that, I'd like to start off with a prayer. Heavenly Father, thanks again for who you are. Thank you for sending your son to die for us and thank you for your word. Today I ask that you guide my words to where you want them to go. Thank you for Paul's relationship with the Corinthians for the advice he gave them, and for the way we can still learn from this advice many years later. Please guide this time, God. Amen. Well, welcome again to the Second Corinthians podcast. I hope you have made time to listen to others previous to this one. There have been some amazing nuggets along the way, some challenging words, some aha moments, and some times when I have been personally challenged. All of this from a letter written from a man to some of his friends around 2,000 years ago. So let's get started by reading part of that letter in our passage today. We're going to look at the last part of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and the first little bit of chapter 6. And I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, for those of you keeping score at home. And verse 16 actually starts off with the words, so we have stopped evaluating others, and that made me look back and wonder, if it starts with the words, so we are doing something, then what does the verse before it say? So I will actually start reading at verse 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15 starts with, He, that being Jesus, he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live to please themselves, Instead, they will live to please Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others by what the world thinks about them. Once I mistakenly thought of Christ that way, as though he were merely a human being. How differently I think about him now! Exclamation point. What this means is that those who become Christians become new persons. They are not the same anymore, for the old life is gone. A new life has begun! Exclamation point. All this newness of life is from God, who brought us back to himself through what Christ did. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. This is the wonderful message he has given us to tell others. We are Christ's ambassadors, and God is using us to speak to you. We urge you, as though Christ himself were here pleading with you, be reconciled to God, exclamation point. For God made, sorry, for God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. As God's partners, we beg you not to reject this marvelous message of God's great kindness. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, God is ready to help you right now. Today is the day of salvation. Wow. My first gut reaction to reading this passage is that I can hear Paul's urgency in this letter to his friends. This is personal for Paul. He used three exclamation points for crying out loud. One when he said how differently I think about him now, exclamation point, that being Jesus. Once when he said a new life has begun, exclamation point, and once when he said be reconciled to God, exclamation point. He also used words like urge and pleading in verse 20 and also begs his friends not to reject God's message of kindness in chapter 6, verse 1. And today's passage ends with the words, 
Today is the day of salvation. What a closing statement from Paul. Kind of like today is the day you drive away in this new Corvette. Only talking about eternal salvation. So maybe a Corvette times a million or something. But I completely and totally respect Paul for his effort here. He's got some friends who need some advice, whether they know it or not, or even if they want it or not. And Paul takes time to discuss some very important things with them. It reminds me of a time years ago when I was friends with another dad of younger kids named Chad. Over the years, he focused much of his time and energy on writing letters to his children regularly. When his kids were younger, the letters started off short and simple with things like, I was proud of you for whatever activity you did recently. As the kids grew older, the letters, of course, got longer and more serious at times, turning into wise, fatherly advice, and I'm sure it contained some urging. And yeah, I tried a few different times to incorporate this into my parenting toolbox. I definitely could have been more persistent and done a better job. But the passion and the urgency I hear in Paul's voice and his letter is likely similar to my friend Chad's messages to his children. You can feel it. He truly cares about them. Another thing that caught my eye in this passage was back in verse 20, when Paul says, We are Christ's ambassadors, and God is using us to speak to you. That word ambassadors, that's pretty straightforward, right? Of course, it makes me think about a country's ambassadors being sent to another country. They represent their home country to another. Probably, sadly, my mind goes right to thinking about former NBA basketball star Dennis Rodman being sent to North Korea and China. And if you know who Dennis Rodman is, you are probably smiling and shaking your head like I am. Well, maybe he did some good. Who am I to judge? Maybe. Sorry for that. Anyway, like I said, an ambassador represents their home country or area to others. Point made. I should be a better ambassador for Christ everywhere I go. And like Pastor Steve Thompson said in his message on Sunday... Being an ambassador means talking about Christ, showing people about Christ. So I need to remember to be a better ambassador for Christ everywhere I go. And sticking with that word ambassador, and since I'm a sucker for symbolism and metaphors and imagery, I also linked the word ambassador to the ambassador bridge that connects Detroit and Windsor, Canada. And I'm probably stretching things a little, but that bridge connects two countries. Maybe another thing I could take away from Paul's comment here is that we are to be God's ambassadors, kind of like connecting other people with Jesus, like that bridge connects the two cities. Hmm, what do you think of that one? That analogy might be stretching it a little, so I'll just move on. Lastly, the biggest connection I made in this passage is actually with the word reconciled. Paul used that word three times when talking about us being reconciled to God even including a direct order with one of those exclamation points. Be reconciled to God, exclamation point, he said. In my Bible, I have one word written next to this text. The word is restoration, which basically means the same thing as reconciliation, repairing a relationship. But that's not why I wrote the word restoration. I wrote restoration with a capital R, which stands for uh, sorry, Restoration Ministries which is a residential rehabilitation facility for drugs and alcohol abuse. It's in South Holland, Illinois, which is basically Chicago. At a former church in town here, I led multiple youth group trips to restoration to connect with our partners there. We would stay for a week or so at a time, and actually we would stay at a boxing ring. 
which is a great story, but imagine trying to keep 40 high school kids away from the boxing equipment. A lot of good memories. We did various jobs of painting, trash cleanup, yard work, those types of things in the community, but the best part was always connecting with the men and women who were taking their lives back from their addictions and giving those lives to Jesus. I met a man who told me he was a pro golfer before drugs ruined him. There was also a guy who graduated from Calvin College back before alcohol took a hold of his life and many others that made me realize the only difference between them and me was often just a few wrong choices. And the highlight of my first trip out there was one of those times in my life when I felt the Holy Spirit the most, and I mean I felt it. See, we attended, we, uh, attended church with the men and women of that facility one night, and after church, I was in the parking lot with a bunch of the high school kids waiting for the other leaders to join us. At that time, five or six of these men or women uh, asked us to get in a circle in the parking lot. They wanted to pray over us. Not pray with us, they wanted to pray over us. I remember looking at them, former drug addicts, former alcoholics, former gang members, former prostitutes, and they were praying over us. And I ran into that church to get the other adults. And I will admit I had tears in my eyes, feeling that Holy Spirit. I saw people who were literally reconciled and restored to a relationship with Jesus. And I'll leave you with this. Back at the house where the men lived, there were several signs posted there. Um, and I took a picture of that sign. And I still have it on my phone. Um, and it said, We are Harvey House men, saved by God's grace, for his purpose, and by his design, by God's grace alone, nothing of ourselves. But that makes us special, specially called and specially chosen, a royal priesthood, purchased by the blood of Christ. And on the bottom it said, we will not fall into the trap of stereotypes and low expectations. Today is gone. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yesterday is gone and tomorrow is here. And often I need to reread that with my own voice and maybe, or with my own name, maybe you could put your name in there too. And it could say something like, Mike Sternberg was saved by God's grace for his purpose and by his design. By God's grace alone, nothing of myself, but that makes me special, specially called and specially chosen, a royal priesthood purchased by the blood of Christ. I will not fall into the trap of and fill in the blank. For me, it's usually uh, laziness. I will not fall into the trap of whatever traps we fall into. Yesterday is gone and tomorrow is here. And just to make sure I emphasize that, yesterday is gone. And tomorrow is here. And like Paul concludes, today is the day of salvation. And I would even add that Paul should have added an exclamation point to that one. Let's pray. Father, we again thank you for your word and for people like Paul. I'm sure there were those in Corinth who heard his words and thought, ah, whatever, dude. But I also know that many took his words to heart. Please help us. Help me. Please help me listen to Paul's advice to listen to advice from others around me, to listen to your word, to be an ambassador for you and show others your love, to be reconciled to you, whatever that might mean for each of us. Thank you for this time, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us today. May God bless you so you may help bless others.